is the biggest threat this country has faced for decades. We're seeing the devastating impact of this invisible killer. There will come a moment when no health service in the world could possibly cope because there won't be enough ventilators, enough intensive care beds, enough doctors and nurses. That is the moment of real danger. The new variant is out of control and we need to bring it under control and this news about the new variant has been a uh, an incredibly difficult end to, frankly, an awful year. And it's important for everybody to act, essentially act like they might have the virus. And that's the way that we can control it together. The way ahead is hard. And it is still true that many lives will sadly be lost. Our advisory group on new and emerging Respiratory virus threats, nerve tag, has spent the last few days analyzing this new variant. It may be up to 70% more transmissible than the old variant, the original version of the disease. You, you might be infectious, and that's the way that we have to behave at this moment. Assume you might be infectious, assume you might be infectious, and that's the way that we have to behave at this moment. Today, the United Kingdom's chief medical officers have advised that the country should move to alert level five, meaning that uh, if action is not taken, NHS capacity may be overwhelmed within 21 days. And it's going to spread further. And I, I must level with you, level with the, the British public. Um, more families, uh, many more families are going to lose loved ones before their time. Your colleague on stage, John Edmonds, has just sent me a statement saying that as far as he's concerned, this is the worst moment of the epidemic because of the extraordinary inf infectivity of this new strain. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, this is a horrible moment for sure. I to say, as I'm really sorry to hear about your two relatives who died from this virus. I mean, it is a very dangerous virus uh, for many people. We're looking to move to a different regime, so as we come to the fourth step, we will change the basic tools that we have used to control human behaviour.
reading that all line. I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. They are, in a group they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. Come on, come on, come on. The camera's a bit slow today, but uh, ah, so am I. So am I. But uh, there's work that needs doing and um, no one else uh, seems to be doing it or not doing it in the uh, appropriate fashion. Um, oh, bloody chair. Let the kids play with it. and oh, get, get, get in there. Right. Um, so what are we going to be doing today? I wasn't going to do any geopolitics because I thought the scientific discussion had to take primacy for at least the next day or two but <laughs> thank you centripede for the link you just dropped in uh, the chat oh, of course uh, we'll take a look at that real quick um it is it is a significant development however you look at it so we're going to do that um SARS-CoV-2 is it airborne AIDS that's been the big question for many a year now and there's been a new paper that's come out and well, proposes a somewhat a different mechanism than what has been extant for the last three years. It was there was work that came out very early which said that SARS has a propensity to bind to CD one forty seven. Now, CD one forty seven is what does that mean? It's uh, CD I think is cellular dimorphism what type of cell is it and then 147 is basically the type of protein that you find uh, associated with that cell and tissue and um cd147 is a generalist type transmembrane glycoprotein but is 
heavily associated with the immune system. And so as we weave our way through the data, as we make a situational analysis of what's going on in the world, um, we have to we have to go with. Um, well, if you don't follow the data, yeah, um, <laughs> your your fictive reality will get consumed by actual reality. It is a way of the world, my son, a way of the world. And so the. Um, it, it's important that we try to understand all the elements of warfare that are being deployed against us from the teeny tiny molecular to the biological to the physical guns, bullets, uh, F-16s now, and um, right up to psychological operations and the... Uh, the the big the big unseen movers in the universe and so by trying to get a situational analysis in the war room no fighting in the war room gentlemen why why is my i don't know i don't know when i was a kid right you always used to i, I remember it very vividly i used to get a feeling when i was small that if I let my bike be ridden by another ch child, which often happened when you were a kid my age, back in the 70s, you would, um, I don't know, I would get back on the bike and I could, it didn't feel the same. The bike didn't feel the same, but literally, you know, it's just, how would you say, it, it's fixed steel and... Um, bolts and stuff and you know nothing nothing has changed in the few minutes that someone else has ridden it oh, i don't know maybe if they curbed it or something which could have happened but you know there's i, I could i could sort of tell that someone had been messing with my my stuff and <laughs> it's like it's not quite like that with the kids but they're just everything that i want to I need to put something somewhere and there's something in the way and, you know, they have their own way of comporting themselves around uh, their stuff that is theirs, I guess. And, you know, that's a, um, it's a corollary of neuroscience, right? That you're I'm getting off tangent, especially speaking about HIV and AIDS, but uh, I'm... I'm <laughs> riffing on other nonsense but there's the extension of self onto other objects and those objects essentially as you become more proficient with them essentially become an extension of your um, mind and body map that the brain sort of holds in its um, runtime memory and the well <laughs> I'm just it's just me bitching about my my shit being touched by others and um I'm I don't know I'm 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 prevaricating and um it's just ah another stream I've got to read more papers <laughs> no oh no oh no oh no um but it's important we do obviously because of the uh very very turbulent times um that we are in oh i see uh someone mentioned the moon and so i must give a Die!
as I believe uh, India has landed uh, their probe on the moon, giving the Ruskies a poke in the eye um, and uh, conniptions to flat earthers everywhere. Um, so, <laughs> bravo, bravo, India, for landing on the moon. That's a that's an achievement you can take pride in. You know, that's that's science for the public good. Oh, you can still argue it's dual use, but it's not as it's not as seedy as the bio warfare scum bucket <laughs> paradigm that we find ourselves in right now. And uh, oh, there's Saint Nick. Maybe I can pull Nick in today with uh, the chat. But essentially, where I want to go, there's there's two important papers that have come out, and so one which adds to the CD one forty seven story and another which continues to build on the protein misfolding and if we're correct in our analyses that maybe the weapon is we're looking to um, leverage these disease mechanisms because they're essentially they're really at the bleeding edge not many people understand it and if that's the case and you can get away with it, then oh, you have all, all manner of advantages over those that are basically long term incapacitated. And so that's the paradigm in which we find ourselves right now. Viper One says the Flat Earth Tards will say it's fake. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess. I mean, you know what, you know, should just be a good, good thing to do is they should just have like a general radio beacon that goes off on these satellites and try and sort of get them to try and tri triangulate it and what have you and work out the uh forget what you call it now <laughs> but the distance right where you can get a point source and one one person gets it and then another person gets it and um not trigonometry but anyway, when you do that and then you can sort of work out the distance that it is, etc. And um, maybe they'll find out that the moon is not 3,000 miles above your head. Um, I think orbital mechanics is one of the things that, you know, human beings kind of figured out. Um, they don't believe in satellites. Those are fake too. <laughs> yeah, I guess they'd just say the radio signals are being spoofed. I mean, there's no... Um, there's no winning with um, some people. Space is fake and gay. Yes. Yes, I guess. I guess. Um, so anyway, um, we're going to look at these two papers. And so because they're in-depth or, or complex papers, I'm going to spend time working through them. I want to think about what they mean. I've briefly had a chance to just scan through them. Oh, the, the HIV one because I thought that was important. I was looking at it at the hospital this morning um so let's let's dive in and begin the stream so let's do this so of course housekeeping if you're new here that's me doc kevin mccann renegade scientist now out uh throwing throwing spanners in the wrenches of those who would wish harm or yeah, you know, just harm that could come in many forms and uh you know the uh, the, the weaponized gaslighting that they've uh, inflicted upon you. Um, parallax. Is it? Is it parallax? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. 
not my, it's not my uh i know people that are all all really into that kind of thing and um i, I was into brains and neurons and uh bioelectric fields that type of thing but that was my go-to uh just just me different courses different horses for different courses all right so um oh yeah i want to just um give a shout out as well rotten politics a uh, great channel uh, fr a friend to this channel um had his discord taken away um he's back up on discord uh again why um why they would do that um he doesn't know um could be anything again we live in an age of uh censorious busybodies who do want to do nothing but just get in your get in your face and mess about with your business and uh get all prissy when you don't do what uh you're told lick spells back in that kill box um but uh let me just do this for Oh, I should put it in Rumble. That way it's a clickable link, right? So if I do that. Um, that should be, that should take you to, um, Rotten Politics Discord. And so please go, um, go support Rotten Politics. I think he does great stuff. And, you know, it's good. It's good to have a cynical eye on those buggery boys and, bitches at the top who want to micromanage every aspect of your existence right down right down to how you lay down in your kill box lickspill all right uh let's see some fluff wants to debate me but when his only argument is space is fake it's not worth my time yeah again you you're you're dealing with um essentially belief at that point right which is what you're seeing in the giga spiral world right now and not a and not a analysis of ongoing evolving data and if you um if you are spooked by the idea of uh global thermonuclear war and rationing and all that all that kind of malarkey um you you will do every, anything and everything to um to put your head in the sand i guess um denial is a very very strong uh, survival strategy i guess until until the uh tiger leaps out the bushes and takes you out all right um they're pushing lockdowns again and probably boosters for all again in us and okay so in in this instance I'd, some people if it becomes a corporate decision and the corporate world right now you should be highly highly that's your enemy right now not so much individual human beings um they can be annoying but they they are still human you know what i'm just oh that's better just got stuff stuff under my chair um and there will be people who are going to feel immense immense pressure to conform in that type of environment and i'm right now all i can do is be sympathetic 
to many of those people because they will be forced to have no choice when so many people are just living paycheck to paycheck day to day like I do. Um, I'm, but I'm fortunate in that I don't have the external pressures right now. I've managed to sort of carve out a little niche doing this, and I'm, um, I'll be especially right now. I'll be done if I'm going. I'm not getting involved in any banker corporate sock war for Globo Homo, and neither are my boys. They'll be climbing out of rubble and they'll be going and stealing some pain on them when it's all done. But um, <laughs> that's just me. Uh, <laughs> it's it is what it is um see is that ryan christian he had his taken away the other day as well um oh you mean tranny vagabond um do you think career brain institute have mandates yes they did they did um and i don't know what what i would have done i really don't I'd like to think that I would have stood on my principles and, and said, no, sir, you will not be jabbing that needle into me or I'll be jabbing my finger into your eye. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. Look, for my for my job, I took vaccines regularly. Just it was part of the landscape, especially in primate labs and especially when you're dealing with rabies viral vectors. Um. I'm it seemed a no brainer to me with respect to rabies. <laughs> you know. There was there's good evidence the shots work and there's plenty of evidence that rabies once it gets in you I've seen rabies up close, right? And when it's infecting the brain because that's what they're using it for in a um scientific context like that it's not a fucking pretty sight man centripede <laughs> says the earth is fat oi 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 fatty bum bums um says my wife <laughs> thank you saint nick um all right i can see uh, we've got discussions going on about um, aim small, miss small. I don't know. I'm lost. I've lost the chat. So let me just. Yeah. So I did the boosters and stuff. But again, um, I feel sorry for people in that situation. Um, everything that I look at with respect to the molecular biology around SARS and the medical countermeasures says to me that you should do anything and everything to avoid both right now. Um, especially in such turbulent times. Uh, Viper says, true, corporations really run the world. Yes, yes. It's such an important concept that you have to wrap your head around in order to break free from the matrix is to understand that it's a corporate matrix and you exist outside of that. It's you, you engage with it either voluntarily or you're tricked into giving consent with respect to acting with the corporation but you know there's some things that are just difficult to do in terms of existence these days without you know your your government is a corporation right 
Um, it may have, I don't know, historical links to the land, etc. But um, UK PLC is a corporate entity built out of admiralty law and um, conquest. And where where did where did all that come from? And it's it's a complex complex history. But just know that um, there's only certain laws and rules that apply to you and uh, depending on uh, which culture you grew up in um, those will those will help shape and define your interaction with that uh, corporate matrix all right um, let's see I did uh, yes yeah, so that's me if you want to find me and of course most important page of all mccanndojo.com please bookmark bookmark that and uh, support the doc as he tries to work his way through the science and uh, figure out what it is that we're up to and uh, take aim at all and sundry as those who would mislead even even if they think they're um, they're doing the lord's work um so the big blue button you see that behind me donate via usury cards it says or gaypal you can press that it's our own payment processing minimal minimal overheads it's not going to feed the corporate machine like patreon i don't mind patreon though it's sort of there's a it's like it's like having a pension in terms of um existence i wish i had double the patrons it'd be nice but um it is it is what it is i appreciate everything i get buy me a coffee um that link should work now people were complaining about it the other day but um yes there it goes that should take you to the page subscribe star cryptocurrency digital tulips all manner of payment taken and appreciated including those food stamps i'll take it all uh, such is life and existence on the breadline uh, you can join our discord uh, i highly recommend it should you uh, should you not be of the pearl clutching type and of course if you uh, just like to see the stream then you can register to be notified via email that's a paid service that i use um to make sure that i can get out and reach people um i i, I would say this sensorious times are upon us as we've seen with rotten politics today as we've seen uh with uh, that tax evading blick simon phoenix he got uh booted off of uh um, discord but <coughs> the uh we we have to organize in fashions that makes it difficult for them to come and stamp us out if i'd if i'd stopped when google took away my youtube accounts we wouldn't know all that we know now we wouldn't have been able to bust apart the uh, the shoddy science that's being pushed uh, the um the no virus grift etc etc the uh, the list goes on um you're seeing double docs indeed you are that's because you can watch the stream on uh that website as well i need to uh thrash that tax evading bleak about the spinning circle i don't know why it's doing that it never used to but um the uh but yes try not to you know voluntarily give your data your information your time to corporations right so support independent voices and uh, media and hopefully we'll we'll be able to get you through um 
let's see. Yes, better double dono. <laughs> uh, which one do I send the dono to? Yeah, double dono, please. <laughs> Let me just see if uh, there's any. I want to thank. There was one earlier I missed. Uh, uh, ben, uh, thank you very much. Much, much appreciated. Um, right, so. Where was I? Where was I? So, um, I guess I have to do some. Oh, where did it go? Here. Danish pilots can fly F-16s in Ukraine, Julian's Posten. The local publication is among the first uh, pub okay. publication is among the first to test the waters on the legalization of the participation of NATO retirees in the conflict against Russia on the side of Ukraine. Well, that's been happening anyway, just with um, ground forces. It's whether it's whether you're going to give the green light to um, your uh, your pilots to go and do it. And look from. Uh, that this is corporate mercantilism, privateers going at it. And if I was Russia, I would be, I would be saying, we ain't playing your corporate game anymore. We are going to treat this as a NATO incursion, and we'll um, press aggressively against it. Now, look, I don't. I don't think um, a few F-16s are going to make that much difference. The, uh, the f missile technology is just too too good, and um, Russia will, um, I'm sure, be able to deal with um, what's essentially 1970s tech being sent up into the sky. Um, <laughs> Tazik says at least ducks an infectious clone. <laughs> nice. Touche, bro. Um God, I can feel cat hairs. Allergy in my eye. Bloody things. Um, all right, so what's the paper I want to get to today? Uh this is the one causing all the brouhaha at the moment. Um it came out a couple of days ago. Acquired immune deficiency syndrome correlation with SARS-CoV-2 N genotypes now i'll make the presumption that in this instance they mean uh nucleocapsid um protein i'm guessing but uh, let's have a quick read so the abstract epigenetics and clinical observations referring to beta coronaviruses lead to the conjecture that sarvi covirus have the ability to infect lymphocytes using a different way than the spike protein now before we go on any more there was early work which demonstrated if you want to believe it that the spike protein itself was capable of binding to cd147 um if you wish to look at that paper i will drop it in the chat let's do this and then All right. Um, so, are we looking at two different mechanisms at play here? Maybe, maybe, maybe. And that's why we need to take a look at it. 
Uh, in addition to inducing the death of lymphocytes, as of course lymphocytes being a primary component of your immune system, thus drastically reducing their population and causing a serious immune deficiency, allows it to remain hidden for long periods of latency, using them as a viral reservoir in what is named long COVID disease. Exploring possibilities, the hypothesis is focused on that N protein may be the key of infecting lymphocytes. Mm. Now, you know, but your first thought should be, well, nucleocapsid gene should be wrapped up right inside the um, lipid nanoparticle and the of the virus, or the capsid of the virus, and the um, how how is it that it it could um, reach out and grab uh, the CD one forty seven receptor now of course um, I took the time to just help you visualize um, CD 147 and its distribution through uh, the body and as you can see there um, it's essentially every organ system to some degree or the other as you see from these uh, tissue maps and um, you can see that protein expression is very, very high in bone marrow and lymphoid tissues, um, kidney, urinary bladder, gastrointestinal tract, somewhat in the brain. Um, it's interesting that RNA expression is one of the highest in the brain, um, but the protein, not so much. I'm not sure entirely what that means, but... Um, you can even break it down to which particular parts of the um, anatomy, etc. And um, in this case, it's saying cerebral cortex. Hmm. Is that true? If I click on brain, brain, loading, yeah. Um, now. Um, now, this would tell me it's interesting that it's highest in the choroid plexus. That's where they've found some of the highest signatures for the neuroinvasive component of SARS CoV 2. And the choroid plexus is um, a a uh, unique region in the brain in that it has a churn of sort of stem cell um, progenitors that basically feed and help the brain with uh, cellular repair, etc. Um, HLM says, Doc Kev, as Mel Gibson in The Patriot told his young ones, remember what I taught you, aim small, miss small. I suppose Doc's son might use their hereditary gift of smarts to focus on how to keep out of corptocracy's evil plans for them. That's the aim. I can, but um, pray and the it's getting harder and harder though um, and you've got to be able to eat all right so um, all right so their conjecture here is of course um, the end protein of SARS-CoV-2 is somehow somehow interacting with CD 147 now um, 
if you remember some of the contentious uh, back and forth with the um, full of holes infectious clone theory is that there are um, a disproportionate amount of se- uh, v- viral proteins relative to the amount of virions that can be detected in the um, when when doing nanopore sequencing, for example. Now, um, I look at that differently and don't think of those peptides as being inert in this scenario. And the a cell will spit out its peptide contents um, should it need to via exosomal trafficking. And so um, if the end protein is capable of latching onto and causing a Well, just a disruption of um, cellular um, processes within um, the target neurons. Now, in my mind, this seems a sort of shotgun type approach to or cluster munition type approach, again, to trying to see the battlefield. But if the end protein is able to get in and transfect the immune cell, then it could lead to all sorts of complications and probably what happens is is that the immune cell realizes that something's going on, it'll um, self-destruct. And this is why you see the lymphocytopenia, we see the dropping in white blood cells and what that does is then allow a window in which the small numbers of infective virions are released and those have the better chance of establishing an infective swarm, is the word they like to use these days, um, within the person who is the uh, infective carrier. And, you know, the way I would look at this is how come a bat, supposed bat virus has such encompassing molecular locks to a... um, to a completely different, you know, biology. We say, well, they're both vertebrates and mammals. <laughs> so maybe that's all that's needed. I don't know. I'm. I would be very, very suspect of everything right now. And this, this again, to me, just ticks the suspicious box, and it should raise your antenna. And this is a potentially part of the mechanism of why. Um, the clone theory is not necessary because, like I say, you've, we're seeing the mechanisms for lymphocytopenia. That causes immune part of the immune dysregulation. That allows the virus to be able to, a more benign environment for the virus to be able to then do its goal, its aim, right? Its drive, its, um, its manifest destiny within the oscillating wobbling vibrating um, ever ever evolving unified field that is conscious existence um tax evading blick in the chat could see bro um 
do, 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 do. what was I going to say? Um, right, I haven't even got through. If we haven't got a paper yet, I'm still um, cogitating about the uh, the what they're saying in the abstract. So. Uh, the present article exhibits a computational assay for the latest complete sequences reported to GISAID correlating N genotypes with an enhancement in the affinity of the complex that causes immune deficiency in order to determine a good docking with the N protein and some receptors in lymphocytes. Now, a not very well constructed sentence, but um, I would I would read that as newer variants have an enhanced propensity for N protein to um, take out lymphocytes. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see, yeah. Results. A novel high interaction coupling of NRBD and CD147 is presented as the main way of infecting lymphocytes, allowing to define those genotypes involved in their affinity enhancement. Conclusion. The hypothesis is consistent with the mutagenic deriving observed on the in silico assay, which reveals that genotypes N120 and N152 are determinant to reduce the immune response of the host infecting lymphocytes, allowing the virus persists indefinitely. And this is what everyone's um, concerned about, causing an acquired immune deficiency syndrome. Um. Now, first things first, this is, again, just a computational study. Um, I don't know if, uh, well, we know lymphocytopenia is a condition of the, uh, the disease itself. We know um, it potentially is involved in long COVID. Um, we know that um, S protein can be found in, I want to say, CD16 monocytes and um, here, uh, CD147, did the, it said bone myeloid, right? Uh, needs to load. Uh, oh, yes, it was quick this time. Um, what did it say? Uh, bone marrow and lymphoid tissues. <sighs> Now, you know, why Why the heavy focus on this? Well, you know, <laughs> quiet immune deficiency syndrome. It's no small thing. Ask the homos out there. They'll tell you. Um, it means a lifetime of medical intervention, basically, and a... Uh, almost almost a dependency on the very corporations that uh, we're trying to build some distance uh, between but uh, you know it is what it is as they say so it's a graphical abstract um, download high res image all right so um, SARS-CoV-2 n-terminal domain mutations yeah, yeah. So basically, you're just, you know, what, what you're looking at there is just a, a reconstruction of the amino acid tertiary quaternary structure, I guess, and how that 
its shape and the exposure of different epitopes will enable it to bind to different receptors. And I guess all these little pink dots are um, mutations and their spatial position on that protein. Um, so let's go into the introduction. And, you know, this paper is important because I'm going to use it to get into another paper, which I'll be aiming for which is this. It's another new paper. Again, they keep coming and we have to stay abreast of them, which is reactivated endogenous retroviruses promote protein aggregate spreading. Now, wow, God, that goddamn that again. He changed the subject again. He's gone back to riding the locker <laughs> like demented rodeo onto his hobby horse and talking about protein misfolding, etc., etc. Um, Why... Why would we, why am I doing that? Because what happens when you lose your immune homeostasis? Dormant viruses become active, as well as um, these endogenous retroviruses, which, you know, in some instances have become functional to some extent, but also maintain viral characteristics. And the it's part of understanding the fabric of how this weapon works. Okay, so immune dysregulation. However, you know that's a that could be an infinitely complex that could take you could do a whole career just about that, getting down to the assault onto the um, the, the your fabric of existence which is your ability to coordinate protein um, construction and maintain it across time um, let's see if you kick the can on confronting your dormant viruses they'll eventually get the better of you um, maybe maybe I mean I'm not sure how you get completely rid of them that's the problem I, I'm of the opinion you're always going to have some reservoir somewhere. Um, I think they're they're stubborn little bastards, but that's me. And prions, of course, is just another another more fundamental layer. Quercetin. Look, I take quercetin regularly. Um, it doesn't. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, is it stopping the decay somewhat? Maybe, maybe. Um, but um, I do take it. It does. Uh, I, I'm following the evidence with respect to it. And um, it's it's an easy and relatively well tolerated you know, bioflavonoid that you can in introduce into your uh, regimen. Um, should you take it every day? Mm, I'm not so sure. Um, but... Uh, you should have some all the time. Let's see. Zuckerberg says, so Luc Montagnier was correct. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. Uh, the text font will not do the story any justice. The doc can dial me in to explain. Um, I don't know what that means. You want me to call you? 
text font will not do the story any justice. I don't know what that means. Um, the text font in the chat, yeah, I don't know. It's supposed to be um, Times New Roman, but um, it does it. It does that and then just um, suddenly changes all the time. So it's something in the, uh, the settings of the chat social stream. Um, all right, back to uh, acquired immune deficiency and the introduction. In SARS outbreak of 2003, lymphopenia, lymphopenia, in particular T lymphopenia, was the most common clinical evidence. 98% of patients during the course of illness. A notable drop in CD4 and CD8 lymphocyte counts occurred early in the course of the syndrome and it was associated with adverse outcomes. In contrast, SARS-CoV-2 lymphopenia is not the most common clinical entity, 40% of patients, which suggests that some important tropism related to the metabolic pathways where lymphocytes are involved is an evolutionary key in SARS coronaviruses. Now, uh, I'm not sure I would agree with that statement. Because it's the presumption that the SARS, SARS Urbani was and is directly, directly causal to the emergence of the N protein in SARS CoV 2. And like there's like there's been some continuum and maybe maybe in the metaphysics of the swarm dynamics, I don't know, there's a reason for that bit like uh, spooky action at a distance. But mm, I'm, I'm not um, overly sold on the uh, why that should be. In fact, um, we could consider that somewhat of a blessing. But the... Um, you know, forty percent, forty percent of those infected develop uh, <laughs> an acquired immune deficiency syndrome. Now, uh, call me old-fashioned and uh, whatnot, but uh, where I where I were a lad doing uh, biology, it's this it's this type of uh, pathology that would cause us to sit up and take notice that um, this isn't just your average common cold particularly if there is immune persistence or tissue reservoir persistence and we know that's happening in the brain the contention is is it happening in the immune system etc and um i guess the the real question is does it does it um integrate oh, sorry integrate like the um retroviruses into the genome of the uh, the the host within their um, immune stem cell reservoirs that are there to be that to amplify in response to other pathogens etc this is this is the fawny fawny issue we have um but there we go there we see cd147 binding to whatever meplasmab which is i'm guessing some that sounds like an antibody of some sort but meplas meplazumab 6h8 monoclonal docking with cd147 domain one okay so um i don't know which domain in particular maybe that one 
let's move on. Uh, what do we see here? Cov two S receptor binding domain CD one forty seven D one. Um, here we see the docking, and you know that's something that we knew um, previously with this paper, of course. Um, the spike protein does bind to CD one forty seven. What do we see here? Um, so I'm not sure. Don't they have figure legends with their? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Maybe I have to look in like a PDF version. It's just. Oh, it's it's still sort of preprint, right? So it's not it's not set out. Yeah, so my my guess is like all the figure legends are like at the bottom. No. Okay. SARS CoV two N and SARS of Okay, spike protein, and then the N protein, and guessing I'm guessing this is this mesh is some measure of the desolvation energy that occurs with when it when it does the docking. Um, let's see. HKU1 N protein docking with CD147 D1. Um, now, you know, HKU1 is um, a common, well, I don't know, but common. It's a known circulating coronavirus. And does it, does it have, is it associated with AIDS? Um, <laughs> I'm not so sure. I mean, maybe, maybe, um, but I'm. I would have to defer to uh, the the expert virologists out there as to that being the case. I mean, it's not. It's not common knowledge, that, as far as I know. But you know, we looked at OC43 as being suspected of causing uh, neurological issues in a previous paper. Um, so. I don't know, HKU1 binding. Um don't know what this... Is this like a merged... Merged... HKU1 and SARS-CoV? Was this HKU1 and then the COV mutation with respect to its respective... Yeah, the uh, their legends are... <laughs> I'm hoping it will become clearer as we read it. Um, ducking of MERS-CoV N protein. So it seems to me that all the um, coronaviruses are capable of binding to um, CD147, the N proteins. Um, nanobody B6 affinity wild site. SARS-CoV-2 M protein versus predicted. Yeah, okay, they're just some sort of proof. Yeah, it's it's um it's a odd odd paper. So um 
I'm not sure how much those blobs and meshes help you guys. Okay, so lymphophenia is a major immunological abnormality that occurs in the majority of severe COVID-19 patients can cause a general immunosuppression facilitating viral persistence. Lymphophenia can be inherited or acquired. Acquired lymphophenia can be due to different biological conditions and disorders. However, it is mainly related to HIV and other viral infections. Thus, various molecular and cellular mechanisms participate in the occurrence of acquired lymphopenia. Clinical data reveals bone marrow impairment. By suppressing the development of hemopoietic precursor cells through elevated expression of CXCL10 and CCL2 MSCP1, dysregulation of the host immune response as a hallmark of severe SARS-CoV-2 infections results in an uncontrolled release of serum cytokines, especially interleukin-6, which correlates with disease severity, suppressing lymphopoiesis via direct effects on the hemopoietic stem progenitor cells. So your body is unable to mount an immune response. And again, the... Um, cartoon scooby-doo immuno mythology bollocks that you're um that you've having a swallow listening to uh giga spiral doesn't take these types of elements into account right how ma how many cells do you have to get infected when it it can spit out right the um these peptides in i don't know you could basically think of it as a sort of hemo hematogenous type spreading so via the blood via exosome packaging and um some and of course the immune system is going to be poised to take up those um those signals to understand what's going on in the environment uh let's see so um yeah so bone marrow impairment is uh, a, a bad thing um, dysregulation of host immune response as a hallmark of severe SARS-CoV-2 infections results in, yeah, we did this, uh, stem progenitor cells. Other studies point to clinical observations related to metabolic pathway of apoptosis. A high expression of P53 was measured in COVID-19 patients, suggesting that lymphopenia may be secondary to apoptosis triggered by P53. Look that out. High expression of P53 was measured, suggesting that Lymphopenia may be secondary to apoptosis triggered by P53. So it's saying that the P53 apoptotic pathway is kicked in first um, as a means to uh, protect the body and the uh, lymphopenia becomes uh, second. Uh, in addition, antibody-dependent enhancement can as well induce apoptosis. But the major evidence we found for the primary etiology is that lymphocytes are infected by SARS-CoV-2. And when it happens, that viroporin 3A or 3A interacts with NLRP3, causing pyroptosis. Pyroptotic immune cells secreted pro-inflammatory cytokines might worsen lymphopenia via direct killing of lymphocytes, contributing to the dysfunction of adaptive immunity in COVID-19, and it is very well correlated with COVID-19 immunopathogenesis. Even when SARS-related coronaviruses can hardly replicate in lymphocytes, 
due to rapid apoptosis or pyroptosis, and even when only a few times pyroptosis happens, virions from inside the lymphocyte can release intact outside, ready to infect another T-cell. This casuistic, is that a word? Is a very clear picture of the strategy for viral persistence. Um, again, the, the riffing off computational dynamics of peptide interactions, etc. I don't know how much this concords with the actual biology. The, the you know the steps showing that all these um, effects are occurring are not in this paper. Um, you could probably start sifting through um, papers related to the immune dysregulation and find evidence to support what it is that they're contending here. Um, but the the elevation of N protein is novel to me, and this this is the first paper that has basically come out and said you're dealing with airborne AIDS. Now, is it airborne AIDS for everyone? No. But the long hauler type um, <clears throat> phenotype, I guess, is is a thing, right? We know we know that that's having an impact on populations. We know that there are that perhaps it's being amplified by the gene transfection side of the weapon. Maybe, maybe. Um, again, very very complex picture. Very, um, it's a very difficult minefield from which to extract yourself. And the fact that we keep seeing these signals in the population data tells me, again, that this this part of the war is still sort of rumbling on. And there may be a, you know, like a, the tsunamis will come in like pulses, right? And maybe we've had couple and maybe there's a because of synthetic intervention that yeah i don't know maybe it was done with the best of intentions but I, i'm i'm not buying that at this point sorry sorry i'm, I'm not um maybe there you know that <laughs> mythical 200 meter tidal wave is about to come crashing down on our immune systems i don't know it's it's all up in the air at the moment. And as I was saying earlier, we don't know what that looks like with respect to um, population immunity and other, other pathogens, the opportunistic pathogens that are part of our biome that are, you know, just a part of life's tapestry. And how they how they could be given chances to rapidly go through um, uh, adaptation to enable a better um, assault onto the uh, a host, such that you know your um, little bit of athlete's foot that you carry around suddenly becomes a major issue. Uh, you still live, 
but you know, life's bloody uncomfortable and itchy. Um, now we just need to develop an airborne prep. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Again, I d I don't know um how how this really plays out in reality. Again, this is a computational study. There's um it can help point the way. I'm I'm convinced that the the dysregulation in lymphocytopenia is um a a thing. It's we know that it's in the it's well established in the literature and it allows the room for another um another attack vector if you like uh so however the way SARS-CoV-2 can infect T cells is not very clear nowadays ACE2 is not very much expressed in lymphocytes so other ligands must be considered such as CD147 cyclophilins CD26 and LFA1 very well expressed in lymphocytes interaction between CD147 and the N protein of SARS-CoV-2 through CYP-A has been described in 2021 by Severa Grau Bermejo Valdez. Um, it's a Spanish group that's done this, so I guess that must be their buddies, or it's the actual authors. I didn't even really check. Um, yeah, they're, they're self-citing. Um, however, not only does protein N interact with CD147, but the SARS-CoV-2-S RBD can also bind to it, and I would imagine... Click on it. Uh, take me there but it was 20 right they're talking about no is it that paper see Mohammed no um I don't know maybe their citations need working on but um Anyway, the interaction of spike protein and CD147 has long been um, floating through the literature. CD147 is a transmembrane glycoprotein of the immunoglobulin superfamily, also known as basigin, or extracellular matrix metalloprotease inducer. It is the main tissue inducer of matrix metalloproteases and also induces vascular endothelial growth factor production. It plays a role in intercellular recognition and cancer cell survival, mostly by controlling lactate transport. Its expression is increased in hypoxic states and in many cancers, and it is considered to be a biomarker for cancer diagnosis and prognosis. Interesting. Interesting. In addition, it has been observed that CD147 expression levels correlate with SARS-CoV-2 infection extent. Vascular damage and an increased expression of vascular endothelial growth factor and thromboses. Serum CD147 is involved with Plasmodium falciparum infection and an antibody produced in that disease, HP6H8, blocks the entry to host cells, as in this clinical trial was purposed. 
Yeah, their English needs some work. Despite the undesirable and very unknown effects of blocking CD147 functionality, which is not only restricted to transmembrane signaling, if this monoclonal can avoid the binding of COV2N, an aligned docking with, with that must contain that N genotypes that cause a higher rate of AIDS following SARS-CoV-2 infection. Now, that's a big sentence. It's not very well written, but I'll, I'll go through it again. Despite the undesirable and very unknown effects of blocking CD147 functionality, so take a Regeneron-type drug, give it to people, IV, to try to stop the binding, um, which is... Uh, so the molecule the peptide itself is not only restricted to transmembrane signaling if this monoclonal can avoid the binding of cov2n and align docking with that must contain that n genotypes that doesn't make sense it's kind of gibberish that cause a higher rate of aids following sars-cov2 infection so i would to be fair to them and give them the best a shot with perhaps english not being their second um language but the um if you could block this n protein binding then you would reduce the immune burden perhaps pull yourself out quicker from the uh, long-term effects of sars uh Following that observations, we focus on the hypothesis that beta coronaviruses, especially from phylogenesis of Sarvikoviruses, has the potential to cause AIDS as the main objective of persistence, potentiated by respiratory disease as a vehicle of rapid propagation and dissemination for its maturation affinity to infect lymphocytes. Thus, in order to elevate this hypothesis to theory, we perform an artificial intelligence-driven assay, wrangling the latest full-length sequences reported to GISAID, correlating those genotypes with the protein complexes implied in the clinical scope of immunodeficiency, specifically with those receptors that are very expressed in, or I think that means highly expressed in lymphocytes. Um, ah, so they're going to do a bunch of algorithms that they're using to get to their results. So correlated receptors for the objective target were found in the following PDB entries. Ah, I'm not going to read all that. It's kind of... Um, <laughs> I don't know if I want to. It's dry. and All right, I'll read it. 6LZG, structure of novel coronavirus spike receptor binding domain, complexed with its receptor, ACE2. 5X07, crystal structure of CD147C2 domain, in complex with FAB of its monoclonal antibody, 6H8. 4UOQ, plasmodium falciparum reticulite binding proto protein homologue, bound to basogen. 7R98, structure of SARS-CoV-2 M protein, RNA binding, domain bound to single domain, antibody B6. 20FZ, ultra high resolution crystal structure of RNA binding of SARS nucleocapsid at 1.1 angstroms. 4J, it sounds to me like they're, um, they're reading out all these figures, but it's very, um, It's not a well-formatted way of presenting the the data. Um, but I think 
it's 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 what they were trying to represent in all those figures we scrolled through all right so from these items several domains were identified isolated and cleaned for wrangle dockings a docking between cd147 monoclonal antibody 6h8 was calculated and ranked with best fit and desolvation energy for complex delta g was estimated uh whatever 141 kilocals per mole uh by mmi at minus sorry 141 mmismsa method docking between sars-cov-2 spike protein was found figure two very close to the same ligand domain with a delta g estimated of 60 minus 62.58 kilocals per mole that result fits very well with mm GBCA calculation exposed in molecular basis of the potential interaction of self-referencing again. <laughs> I can see why this paper is in uh, what was it? Biology, no, bio, something, some doesn't seem particularly biomedical journal. <laughs> Impact factor one point two. Um, Where was I? All right, yeah, they just done the self-reference, right? So different good bindings for the protein N of SARS-CoV-2 were found precisely one in the same domain area of ligand CD147 with the 6H8 monoclonal at a delta G estimated at 142.23 kilocals per mole, as can be seen in the top of figure three. Crawling sequences uploaded to GISAID mutations of COV2N for this docking were found at 135, 136, 141, 142, 151, and 152 positions. Main mutation from protein N of SARS-CoV, COV1N, is focused in 152 position, correlated with a sequence of COV2N, as can be seen in the bottom picture of figure 3. Crawling sequences uploaded to G, crawling sequences uploaded to G. <laughs> what is It just... Rich like gibberish to me. Crawling sequences uploaded to G154.39 due to this mutation, then the wild type COV2N from Wuhan. Similarly, COV1N has worse binding than HQ, HKU1 protein N with CD147D1 due to mutations on 152 and 158. So similarly, SARS-CoV-1 has worse binding than HKU1 protein. Um... Okay. But is it is HKU1 more than SARS-CoV-2? It's not clear to me. Mm. Similarly, car, similarly, COV1N has worse binding than HKU1 protein N. Uh, with CD147 minus D1 due to mutations on 152 and 158, which shows a very good affinity Rising to minus 160 Gibbs and relative to COV2 encodon 120 is determined. Uh, kind of gibberish there to me. Um, mutations for a better fitting in the same domain from NL63 and OC43 protein N with the same ligand domain of CD147 were evidenced. As well as a very good binding minus 143 kilograms per mole in the same area with MERS-CoV of 2012. No evidence of docking with CD147 in the same place was found for 299E coronavirus, but a weak alignment with OC43. No other significant protein interactions with SARS-CoV-2 M-protein were found in the scope of immunodeficiency. A new structure, 
COV2 NX has been predicted in figure 7 as evolution in the short time of the SARS-CoV-2 N protein having into account mutations crawled from GISAID records. This new structure gains more than 8% affinity to rise to minus 154.48 kilocals per mole, similar to N protein of SARS-CoV-CoV-1N. Antibodies with high affinity for this receptor domain were not found in the protein data bank, except monoclonal B6. Antibody B6 is reducing its affinity directly for mutations 120 and 136, as well as by allosteric regulation of others. Position 68, 136, 137, and 139 from predicted new M protein collide with antibody NAB B6. Now, um, I'm not entirely sure what we just read there <laughs> I mean, apart from n protein um cd1 i'm just da, 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 da. so they're saying sars-cov-2 n binds at 142 whatever and then there was discussion about other n proteins and i think what they're saying is is that there's a new adaptation that can occur which would increase the affinity to 154.48 kilocals per mole, similar to SARS-CoV-1N. Mm. So maybe maybe HKU1 is the granddaddy, granddaddy CD147 binder. Similarly, CoV-1N HQ1. 160 yeah maybe maybe just hku1 is uh particularly well adapted and sars-cov2 has the potential to get closer to that optimal shape so let's see what they say in the discussion the hypothesis presented in the introduction states that beta coronaviruses, especially from phylogenists of Sarvicovirus, has the potential to cause an acquired immune deficiency syndrome as the main object of persistence potentiated by respiratory disease as a vehicle of rapid propagation and dissemination for its maturation affinity to infect lymphocytes. As it has been exposed as well in the introduction, the objective for this manuscript is to elevate this hypothesis to theory by performing an AI-driven assay wrangling the latest full-length sequences reported to GISAID, correlating those genotypes with the protein complexes implied in the clinical scope of immunodeficiency. Okay. Without prejudice to the fact that it would be desirable to extend this research with observational trials and other empirical assays, yes, it would, in silico assays as a purely logical method are sufficient to consolidate a hypothesis based on observation as theories, as it is widely accepted in science and biotechnology, after Karl Popper stated in various books and well compiled in the two fundamental problems of the theory of knowledge. Oh, God, I read that. <laughs> GIS-AID sequences are experiments that complement clinical observations referred, and while no observation nor another logical assertion contradicts the results of the logical method, the hypothesis may be considered a correct theory. As Karl Popper said, experiments do not confirm hypotheses, but theories must be falsifiable, and this theory can be falsifiable easily as long as lymphocytes will not be infected or have very low incidence by SARS-CoV-2 when a subject has a high titer of spike protein neutralizing antibodies. 
Um, yeah, so they're saying the... Um, oh, thank you very much, Monkey King. Uh, much, much appreciated. Any buckaroonies there. Um, I really, really appreciate that. Anyone else sent a donor to the doc? Uh, feed the coon. He's working hard for you. Oh, and uh, Matt as well. Um, we could have... Uh, what could we have? Well, um... That little uh, strip running along there. <laughs> it needs updating to have. <laughs> right, I've lost my train of thought now. Um, yeah, so I, I think what they're saying is, is if you can block um, spike CD one forty seven binding, is there still binding? And if there is, it'll be through this N protein mechanism but my objection to this would be n protein like are there are there parts of n protein that are exposed outside of the cell how how is it going to bind to cd147 it's got to be able to come and interact so um i don't know maybe as we have observed during more than two years of vaccination with SARS-CoV-2 S-protein, people with higher titer of antibodies against the S-protein are being hospitalized with lymphopenia. Well, maybe um, a reference would have been nice there. Uh, due to the results of the in silico assay, it is obvious that positions 27, 28, and 100 of the CD147D1 protein compete for binding with both protein N and protein S. However, competition for the best binding in these corresponding positions of protein S, specifically the positions 481, 484, and 493, are determinant in binding to ACE2. Okay. Um, improvement in the affinity of S protein with CD147 is compromising the affinity of protein S with ACE2, which finds its best genotype in the S493Q genotype, as was already reported in January 2022, as well as S484K, which was advised in March 2021-85. I'm interested to look at those references. Um, yeah, it would be uh, self-reference. Um, so, new variants associated with... Mm. Uh, I was hoping we might see some... How should we say? Evidence for uh, race specificity, but... Um, I'm... They're not ringing a bell for me, and yeah, I'm kind of bandwidth saturated. Yeah, um, 
going to pursue those. All right. A triple mutation that improves the affinity in both ligands, ACE2 and CD147, is extremely remote, so it is advantageous for propagation to infect respiratory tissue. The natural evolution of SARS-CoV-S is to improve the affinity of S with ACE2 to the detriment of lymphocyte mutation. A triple mutation that improves the affinity in both ligands, ACE2, CD147, is extremely remote. So as it is advantageous for propagation to infect respiratory tissue, the natural evolution of SARS-CoV is to improve the affinity of S with ACE2, the detriment... Oh, right, I see what it's saying. So um, the, uh, with the, the, the argument being that, you know, it goes to all that trouble of making the spike glycoprotein. Um, evolutionary pressure would suggest that it would um, favor ACE2 rather than um, developing fitness for CD147. Um, but I'm not sure that I'm not reading much of an argument about the CD147 binding sites of the spike protein in this particular instance and the N protein. Yeah, it's It's not a great paper from my perspective but um, anyway we'll, we'll dive on however infecting lymphocytes give coronaviruses the ability to prolong the period of contagiousness by delaying the immune response obviously without causing a sudden fatality as was the case in 2003 with SARS-CoV mutations on S and N genes from SARS-CoV COV-1 to SARS-CoV-2, according to the results, on natural evolution of COV-1 to approve the affinity with the ACE2 at the cost of reducing the massive invasive capacity of lymphocytes, and this is how it behaved. So what that's saying is by, by tuning down the HIV-like properties, the ability to infect white cells, um, your... SARS-CoV-2 would be better poised to infect far more many people, right? Because if you induce a really intense um, assault on the immune system, you'll, um, you'll kill the person very, very quickly. That's why MERS and SARS had much higher um, infection fatality rates. And so you could argue that, again, is that, trait being engineered in to make it a better better biowarfare agent um, that's how I would look at these types everything now has to be looked at through this particular lens um, the M protein of the 2003 SARS-CoV coronavirus respecting the wild type of SARS-CoV-2 has eight mutations in the NTD zone Taking the SARS-CoV-2 alignment as a reference, these mutations occur at codon 63, 94, 103, 120, 128, 131, 152, and 157. Mutations A120G, P152A, and A157I of the N-protein directly affect binding to CD147D1, reducing its affinity by 8% compared to SARS-CoV-2003. However, SARS-CoV-2 binds ACE2 30% better than COV1S to ACE2. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, 
<laughs> Who just happened to have those uh, advantageous polymorphisms? Hmm? In ACE2, I mean. All right. Reduction in affinity with CD147 has been observed leads to a reduction of lethality. Uh, yes, that's what we were just talking about. However, it's still enough to compromise the immune system, postpone the humoral response, and promote viral persistence. Exactly what you would want from a long-term incapacitation agent that would then be working away in the background, causing prion cascades. Uh, let's see. On the other hand, these eight mutations are enough so that the same antibodies that are capable of neutralizing the entry of SARS-CoV-1 into CD8 lymphocytes are incompetent with SARS-CoV-2. Interesting. SARS-CoV-1 antibody-dependent enhancement of infection was related in 2005, hypothesizing that it was due to a previous infection with other beta coronaviruses. ADE has also been well documented in cats infected with feline infectious peritoneus coronavirus, in which disease severity is increased following previous immunization against the virus. Just as the S protein only has a receptor in the virus sublineages, that include SARS, the M protein is present in other sublineages of beta coronavirus genre. Coronavirus OC43, NL63, HKU1, and 229E are responsible for the common cold, and since the 1970s have been suspected of contributing negative, sorry, negatively to the co-infection with other viruses, reducing the response of the immune system. Although the sequences of the M protein in other coronaviruses may appear very different, the more, their morphology, especially regarding the amino acids closest to the CD147D1 ligand, shows fairly well-conserved homology. So the homology may be the same, but if the amino acids differ, then previous exposure to those viruses may not confer um, good immune response. Maybe. Um, specifically, positions 50 and 123 of OC3 have mutated to improve affinity with CD147D1. Despite the M protein of coronavirus 229E does not show a good morphological coupling with CD147D1, a clear alignment with OC43N is observed, suggesting a recombination or evolution from that. Protein N of HKU1 shows a very clear homology with COV2N. HKU1N results in a better binding than COV1N, mainly due to codon number 120 over the numeration of the COV2N sequence. As we have seen before, the mutation in this codon directly affects the binding, so we can say that the N120N genotype is decisive in improving affinity. So... HKU1 shows clear homology to COV2, yeah. HKU1 has better binding than COV1, mainly due to 120, yeah. As we have seen before, the mutation in this codon directly affects the binding, so we can say that N120N genotype is decisive in improving affinity. Likewise, the region positions between 148 and 154 allow a considerable improvement. In fact, any mutations at positions close to 148 and 154 must be considered decisively evolutionary. Even when HKU1 does not present good affinity with ACE2, 
since HCOV OC43 and HCOV HKU1 employ glycan-based receptors carrying 9-O-acylated sialic acid, and it is very well conserved between them. It presented in 2016 from February to March a very high rate of hospitalizations and a very high rate of ICU admissions. So in fact, HKU1 severity must be due to HKU1N CD147 binding. Interesting. Furthermore, although more unlikely recombination is possible, um, as Patrick YC Wu warned already in 2006, Therefore, people who have been exposed to previous coronavirus SARS-CoV-1, HKU1, OC43, NL63 or MERS will see their cellular response affected against the N protein of CoV-2 as well as in the production of new neutralizing antibodies, making lymphocytes more vulnerable and thus aggravating the course of the disease. Yes, a prior infection will decide uh, your degree of lymphocytopenia. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Excuse me. Based on the available data on COVID-19 patients and data from the previous SARS-CoV-1 and MERS outbreaks, there is substantial evidence that cross-reactive B and T cell responses may establish an unfavorable environment for the primary immune response to SARS-CoV-2 virus. Oh, dear. <laughs> Pop goes the immunomythology. <laughs> Due to cross-reaction to related coronavirus strains from early infections and after results here exposed, the patient's viral history of coronavirus infection might be crucial to the severity of the course of the current infection with SARS-CoV-2, a phenomenon that's been called original antigenic sin. Uh, results are showing that most recent mutations for the binding zone with CD147 are deriving in an enhanced affinity and immune evasion of previous COV2N antibodies, as well as compromise the reliability of rapid antigen tests that are directed to this protein. The sequence COV2NX contains the four highest risk mutations that have emerged in recent months. Um. Well, there's the uh, there's the amino acid sequence for those that uh, enjoy that type of thing. I'm not reading it all out. Um, the structure of this sequence, predicted by AlphaFold2, shows a very high morphological alteration. According to molecular dynamics simulation, COV2NX improves affinity to CD147 by 8% relative to COV2N, matching the lethal capacity of COV1N. With this new structure, the antibodies that recognize the antigens of the COV2N protein suffer collisions at positions 68, 136, 137 and 139. Desolvation energy at the antigenic recognition region by previous antibodies is reduced below 30%. Uh, which suggests that both cellular memory and previous antibodies may be incompetent for these new variants. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. From the process of more than 8 million experimental data registered in GISAID, an immunological escape mechanism and a greater probability of developing acquired immune deficiency syndrome by SARS-CoV-2 are observed, according to the mutations in the N gene deriving toward a variant of concern with a higher rate of systemic commitment. <laughs> well... I mean, again, it's in silico. Uh, maybe, maybe it's on its way. I don't know. <laughs> I want to tell you.
According to the results of the in silico, it is evidence to natural evolution of the beta coronavirus genre in order to balance propagation, infectivity, and persistence. The main genotypes are e evidenced in S493, S484, N120, and N52, optimizing S493 and S484 means better airborne spread by infecting more lungs and nasopharyngeal tissue. Meanwhile, N120 and N152 genotypes reduce the immune response, infecting lymphocytes, allowing the virus to persist indefinitely causing an acquire immune deficiency syndrome and other related syndromes to chronic viremia especially with viruses that cause respiratory and blood diseases um oh thank you very much Orlando. much much appreciated sir you are a gentleman uh you can have uh <laughs> Salute that man. Just can't we go back to the OG Pan Arab chads and thereby warfare? That was far, far simpler to deal with. <laughs> I miss those times. Uh, but thank you, Amanda. Much, much appreciated. Um, again, uh, <laughs> it explains a lot of the clinical picture that we're seeing, in my mind. Um, the. Uh, does it mean that you're literally going to be the epitome of... I forgot his actor's name. He was in Wolf of Wall Street and Dallas Buyers Club. Where he, where he looks all skinny and gaunt in Dallas Buyers Club as he's trying to find the drugs. I must find the drugs! I must stay alive! I must stay alive! Um... I don't know. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to impose myself onto uh, our Nick, see what he thinks of this. Um, let's see if he picks up. Give him a, give him a call on the blower. Um, not DiCaprio. Um, he was in, uh, Contact. That actor. What's his name? Uh, blonde hair. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe Nick's been dragged into, uh, Twitter space. He's not answering. How dare he? I saw him in the chat earlier. <laughs> Pick up, Nick. Matthew McConaughey, thank you, thank you. Well, I'll, I'll leave that open and see if Nick picks up, and then um, I will take a look through the chat. Um, 008KLM says, CD147 tied to rampant cancers after jabs. Mm. Maybe, maybe. Um, I think they meant sarbeco viruses yeah maybe <laughs> uh Buddha man says nick get your gay ass in here well we could leave the gay bit <laughs> outside for... um do, 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 do. Uh, um nanimous says repurposing niclosamide as novel anti-sars cov2 drug 
by restricting entry to protein CD147 um, to that. Is niclosamide something that's uh, on the vitamin shelf? Interesting. Um, well, this just came out 2023, July. <laughs> oh, man, they're really going for the uh, the AIDS. Uh, I think Nick's picking up. Yep. Uh, are you there, Nick? Aloha. Uh, aloha. Um, shout out to uh, the poor souls and children lost uh, in Hawaii. I know um, that personally affected you, right? It did. Um, and I've been very grateful. I've been able to uh, do some volunteer work for a couple of companies that just, you know, are separated from their people, their technologists, things like that. Um, and, um, you know, they, they don't want anybody self-deploying. I have a lot of loved ones on island. I could I could have gone easily, but um, uh, with you know resources, water, all of that. Now, now FEMA is getting a black eye because they're partying it up at the really nice luxury resort. It says they're on island to mitigate the disaster. So, All right. Well, it, it does look like a massive fuck up of galactic proportions. I have to admit, um, if it's true that they didn't allow, they shut people in or block the roads. Um, that's shocking. And if they turned off the border, uh, and... I I haven't had the heart to sort of uh, chase down, you know, be Johnny on the on the spot and go after all of the questions. The initial question was, did power lines go down? Mm. And when I saw, you know, three separate uh, locally filmed, uh, you know, examples of it during the storm, uh, and found out that Maui Electric Company didn't turn off the the circuit. Um, you know, it all, that all made sense to me. It looks like a lihop. Let it happen on purpose. Yeah. And the fact that the the fire department was deployed, they they did some firefighting, and it was still going, and they re retreated and said it's under control, and 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 left. You know that. And yes, there were apparently some some blockages in certain communities to get in or out. I don't I don't have anybody that I know of uh, that can can vouch for that. But um, everybody on island that's got a fucking cell phone is now, you know, a, a, a film star and they're all giving their take on it. So I'm trying to just let it settle out. I've got a couple of very, very credible people that are connected to um, uh, many industries on the island. So they have a decent you know, a decent purview. And I'm, I'm, I've just got to be calm. I, I did lose a couple of associates, not, not like, you know, like kids, friends, you know, really, really close friends, people that I worked with. Um, and I had several other, uh, closer friends, their families lost their homes and just, you know, just raised to ash. So, well, um, um the Lickspittle's got to learn their space, Nick, place. Uh, there's a new, new brave world coming. They've got to be swept away, make way for uh, the smart cities for the uh, the rich and the powerful to go in and enjoy. What was the name of the place? Mount. No. 
which What's which place? The cop Lahaina. 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 Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just it's just them making the. You don't get an omelette without breaking eggs. That's. Uh, <laughs> it's the uh, it's the psychopaths at play, bro. I don't know what to tell you. Um, um, it's just, just remember the moment, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna burn when something that it's really sentimental to everybody. Cause we've got in the raccoon community, people all over the world and one at a time, you know, we're all going to get it in the gut, uh, here and there with the different sorts of disasters that are going to crop up. And, um, it, it makes me think about, you know, philosophy and, um, stealing your spirit against uh moments like this mm. and also not being destroyed if part of your old world is lost you 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 know you can let it destroy you um but people that survived at least the disaster that i lived through in the 80s and 90s uh were ones who kept moving forward uh, they adapted, and uh, some people adapted and didn't get HIV. Some people adapted with HIV and survived to the point of the cocktail. And some of them, those folks are still here today. So, you know, with all of this chaos we're looking at in the papers, by the way, great, great discussion. And, um, yeah, I don't I, I know this is such a good, such a well-written paper, uh, but uh, interesting developments. And, yeah, we got to keep our eyes on. I, I said something earlier in chat that I just want to emphasize, and that's um, lean into clearing this garbage out of the body think about and you know and i know you give me crap about uh polyphenols and plant medicine oh, and dude i'm just um okay. i'm not okay. um you know i don't know if it really works or not <laughs> i know can i i cannot tell um but well, i do it because i can do it and so well i watched i watched a couple people use nothing but plant science to stave off difficult things like cancers and the, I know that they had herpes viruses, you know, I know that they were up against, they, they had a stacked deck when they got HIV positive and they leaned hard into this, that, that, you know, unfortunately that biases my opinion as to its efficacy. I don't have a, a, a big N equals, right? It's, it's a pretty small circle of friends that I saw success. You know, they, they, they made their way through the jungle, but the point is maybe, the, maybe the they had inside uh, of it are important. Maybe they had those advantageous polymorphisms. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, that. I didn't convince any of those folks to ever take a CCR5 uh, uh, test and see if they had that. Oh, you're talking about other polymorphisms. Yeah, I yeah, was yeah. talking about the reflector <laughs> mutation. Uh, you, know, you know, that blew my there. mind when that, that crossover happened. I was like, oh, no shit. Is that true? Is that <laughs> oh, really? That's just uh, that's just too many bolts of lightning striking in the... Uh... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, um, I, I, I wonder, though, if you if I can nudge you right now in this moment um, to continue with your your excellent investigation of the cutting edge of science, whatever we've got, it's what's coming out in the papers. Right. That's that's what we can do. And the independent investigations, obviously. Um, but 
Uh, I really want you to uh, start huddling in the area of regenerative and reparative and inhibitory uh, therapies. I think that I mean, I you to, can focus this laser beam of your brain that you've got in that space and you'll be you'll be delighted. You'll be instead of, oh, God, it's another flock of bats that are going to suck our blood out. It's, oh, there's a there's a mushroom that can fight cancer. Oh, there's an there's a root that's growing in my backyard that I if I put it in tea, it's an inhibitory molecule yeah, to lower the replication uh, of SARS. Things like that. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Jennifer. RN Jennifer DePew. Yeah, yeah. That's her. Let her do that. <laughs> I'll just. My oh. thing is just break down the um, the issues here. I'm not the yeah. Um, that wasn't my thing, right? I was more create the problem, and then, <laughs> then by break, you know, breaking something, you can, you can kind of understand it in some ways. Mm-hmm. And um, there are other people who spend a an inordinate amount of time and far, far better than I could ever do with respect to looking at these. Um, these sort of problems and you know just well uh, what if like, you what if there like was the a Allison selfish bent guy huh? and oh um, yeah um yeah it's just uh i ain't selfish nick sorry <laughs> oh no no you know i was gonna say what if you took a selfish bent in your journey and i don't mean become you know jump into the health freeness you know the health freedom movement i know yeah, that's I've, not your I've, bag i've done i've had to do that when um whatever it was if it was epstein bar in my 20s yeah. and i had to do that i was forced to do it yeah and you know it meant a lot of broad reading and um experimenting and trying all all kinds of things and um it's hard work and you know what works <laughs> yeah. for one doesn't work for another that's that's what I found was my sort of takeaway where, you know, people say, oh, you know, this was uh, this cleared everything up and I would try something. And literally for me, the best thing was just time. Distance away okay. from the insult, I guess. OK, and, well, uh, I'm that, nothing's going to stop me from digging like a honey badger and yeah, digging do. up things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I don't think that because I find one paper that shows positive, you know, uh, signals from a single compound or something, that that's the miracle. I know we're not after the Holy Grail. Um, but one of the things that uh, I mean, you weren't you weren't this person before. And look at how you have uh, adapted and changed to the circumstances. And I think you're bringing out, you know, very good work um, in in your, you know, when you when you focus in the science, you know, I, I'm I'm exhausted with squabbling because I watched people squabbling during the 80s as they were dying. They squabbled with each other about how to die and how not to die. And um, it was horrible. And you're so probably watching you the and, same thing. <laughs> Well, uh, it's a really difficult. Yeah, this is a this is a really bad. Uh, if this is Groundhog Day, you know, a, a very bad thing to get looped on. 
But yeah. uh, the point is, is that I cry out with hope because of the people that I witnessed. And again, it's not, I've got the Holy Grail. Take these three herbs and stand under a full moon and put a crystal on your head and everything's going to be lovely. It, it, it's none of that. And you say something very true, delimiting. Uh, not something that works for one person doesn't necessarily work. It's not necessarily effective across, but having more, I, I will counter that with having more tools will, uh, will adapt yeah, you I'm, to more situations than having fewer. I'm so. a big advocate for a, um, having a varied and, um, good quality toolbox. Uh, you never know when you're going to need that tool. And um, it's important to learn to use those tools. And, you know, one of the, just as a sort of anecdote here, you know, as due to the sort of nature of the type of work that I had to do, right? So it's primates and um, you don't just bring up uh, Roche or sigma and say oh i need this this and this cell line a lot of it was um i had to learn you know things that most biologists don't which is machining circuit building you know programming all these um disparate that are all all of all of those disciplines are, you could pursue them and they are very, very valuable skills. In my mind, I sort of, I, I became a jack of all trades. <laughs> master, master of none, <laughs> except, well, except monkey breaking. <laughs> no, no. Well, uh, I was going to say, don't give yourself that punchline at the end there. Cause I, I think uh, you're, what you achieved in your laboratory investigations, whatever the data, whatever the outcomes um, was the result of a process that I, you know, as we as we take pot shots at these scientists that are doing horrible things that appear to be um, institutionally corrupted, selling out humanity, etc. Um, I also don't want to burn down the ivory tower. I was, you know, when you and I were laughing early on in our acquaintance about, you know, blow it all up, blow up the ivory tower. I say, no, let's remodel. Let's go through change management. Let's go through a complete reorg and audit things. Um, but we need, we need the tools. And at the same time, if we stay close to the tools right now, those tools are CRISPR, are, you know, mRNA platforms, if, if whatever the M stands for, M question mark RNA. Uh, and if we stay close to that to that uh, thrust in science, it it appears that's really a bad direction to move in. So you know maybe some brush fire is needed. But um, mm -hmm. the point that I'm driving at is I have a I have a deep respect for uh, anyone that gets all the way through medical school or nursing school or a PhD program and does you know continues work to to some degree and and does something and discovers and and questions and investigates. There's a whole hell of a lot that goes into that, and um, you know so. I just I'm giving you a little hats off mm. and and to others with PhDs, maybe others I haven't even met uh, on uh, the other side of the fence. Yeah, so. maybe. Like I say, I don't I don't think, you know, a lot of time I don't think people set out with bad intentions. 
um, I, I do think the uh, the the system re rewards or incentivizes bad decision making. I guess mm -hmm. right. And the problem the problem we ha have now is that we allowed you know there's it's the nepotistic network that allows who's going to come through and be a part of the um inner sanctum to direct you know what are essentially vast arrays of resources and um research directions and you know it's that that was that failed radically now whether whether that was very uh, you know deliberate or not i'm not so sure maybe it's just sort of baked in as part of the the frameworks that we build that it just eventually heads in that direction i i really don't know i mean you know i don't like i say i think um again i, I would i would argue for um independent academies that just you can't have you can't have them pursuing pursuing you know it's it's the foundation money right that's the stuff that's not accountable it's not so in, in it's how you get entire new wings on the campus mm -hmm. that yeah the, the way that you really grow and scale is that you have to sell out if you're going to take the globalist money, the philanthropist money, the Ford money, mm -hmm. and the Rockefeller money, and the Carnegie money. You know, there was, uh, uh, what was the Madoff? Bernie Madoff? Bernie Madoff? Yeah. That, that the guy who ripped off billions, right? Oh, there's been so many, so many, uh, so many, so many. I uh, hang on, M A D D O F F. That off. Uh, it rings a bell. I yeah. Once we got into the 9/11 era, mm -hmm. and there was Rumfelds and 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 Wolfowitzes and Bushes and Cheneys running hither and thither. Um, you know, it was again one of those sort of PTSD moments as an American of first drinking the kool-aid drinking a whole big glass of it and not you know not suddenly being violent or hostile towards muslims not to that level i i worked with i worked with lots and lots of muslims in in my career so i never i never inverted like that and just suddenly became suspicious of everyone as a class of people but oh i, hated uh, I really birth, did <laughs> Well, and you had a you had your own real world visceral experience with being physically intimidated and assaulted. So, I, I, I'm not going to argue that that isn't that isn't how you should view the world. It's that's what you it's it's what shaped your lens. So it's sad. Um, Bernie Madoff, American financier who defrauded thousands of investors of billions of dollars in a massive Ponzi scheme. Yes, the Nas the Nasdaq. Uh, Ponzi scheme. So yeah, there was that. Uh, he died in prison in 2021. Oh, no shit. Oh, there was, uh... To which I'll say aloha also means goodbye. Yeah. Um, so good bye bye Bernie. But you know, just yeah. out of um, as an interesting anecdote. Um, so when I was uh, working with the Jew.
uh, a long, long time ago uh, in Bar Ilan University. Um, his money had been used to massively expand the the campus at the time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, was his name etched in a marble wall somewhere? Uh, I mean, I, I I don't really remember that per se, but you know, I know that um, there was a lot of new buildings, etc. And they mm-hmm. uh, was he the only one doing that? I don't know. I mean. It's uh, it's it's difficult to say, but I remember there being sort of conniptions at the time that the institute had um, taken money and the oh my god, death by purity test. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you know, it was it wasn't like a small amount, right? It was you know. No, 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 no. I get it. Buildings are you know tens to hundreds of millions at least. So, and you know, are, are they not? morally obligated to give it back to the people that lost the money um like i said i didn't see any of those buildings being sold <laughs> mm, no <laughs> nothing changed <laughs> and uh this yeah. was uh far far away from being in the u.s and i don't know maybe people just didn't know that's where a lot of the money went into um israel and uh the university but again there there was no it was all like yeah okay we got you now what are you gonna do we got our buildings facts on the ground um well there, sent- there, there's yeah there's other ways to deal with difficult history kevin um uh the the story out of uh speaking of of uh difficult history university of washington in the seattle washington area mm. uh had uh, one of those regional primate centers Oh yeah, and, Washington. Uh, and, I know it well. I know it well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in the lo- in the local paper. Oh, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but they the destroyed a lot of their records, their academic records, paid for by federal and state money by the the citizens of the state, mm-hmm. um, having to do with their work in primate virology. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, don't surprise me, dude. So, yeah. That's that's one way. That's the CIA <laughs> way, the tradition. Have a bonfire. Well, you know, it's it's still uh, it's a tradition, and uh, the modern modern state of the art, right? We saw those bonfires in Ukraine as they were. Yeah, <laughs> uh, right. Um, oh, did you? I didn't catch. I was doing dishes while you were talking. Uh, I didn't catch. Did you see that uh, the head of the Wagner? I've just seen it come up in the chat. So. Um, yeah. Let me let me have a look if there's any um Wagner plane crash. Um what type of plane? Oh, I just saw the, the clip on the headline and was like, hmm, that <laughs> seems pretty significant. <laughs> um Yeah. Who who knows which side did that? Of a jet which crashed, killing all on board. Uh, okay. The jet was flying from the capital of St. Petersburg. Carrying seven passengers and free crew. Um, yeah, I'd say a bit of old uh, KGB engineering in the turbines there. <laughs> get uh, get that problem under control. <laughs> Maybe they shot it down. They did. They, they got well. It could have been. 
could have been. I mean, yeah, I didn't see anything on, uh, yeah, on what what region it went down in. Was it over a city? Was it uh, St. Uh, Petersburg? Like thirty minutes. I would, I would wager, they wouldn't have been allowed to use European airspace, and so wherever they were traveling would have been either out to sea or inland across Russia. And I'm presuming, I was reading reports earlier that he'd popped up in Africa, so he might have been heading back there. But I would I would make the assumption that he would have been over Russian airspace. Um, caught fire on hitting the ground. Yeah, body's already been found. Um... Uh, it doesn't cut the head off the snake, though. No. Grey Zone said local resident heard two bangs before the crash and saw two vapor trails. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think uh, I think that's uh, the old Russian way of uh, dealing with with problems. <laughs> Her leopard never changes its spots. I would say. But, um, Tradition. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, what a what a crazy time! What a uh, what a news cycle! <laughs> it it is it is. Uh, uh, going back to this uh, T cell thing, mm-hmm. uh, do are do you have an eye on who is right now in pre press for the next thing? Do you know who you know who we should be looking to? No, I don't. I mean this this paper popped in the Discord. God bless it, um, and you know. Again, my my sort of take on it is, uh, you know, I get it. They may be trying to get data out quickly. Um, it's kind of sloppily written. Um, I don't know. You know, f- from my perspective, I want to see primate studies or some model system where these types of, well, acute and long-term consequences of um, these interactions with the immune system. And it's it's not really being looked at. And, or maybe it is. Maybe it has been. And like I said, this is what I was saying um, in the last stream, that these, these people, if this is a weapon system, you have to, people have to understand that they understand it down to the, nth detail like they understood all the components of the Manhattan Project, etc. Now, was that the best nuclear weapon we could make? No, not not by a long shot. But um, the... Speed to market. Yeah, speed to market and the science, uh, all, all those things. Someone, someone has that program level understanding of this, if this is a weapon system, which I'm, I'm more and more convinced of, you'd have to work really, really hard to push me in the other direction. Um, you had a perfectly good guinea pig, and you let him get on a plane and fly back to the United States. Ah, uh, well, it's... you'd have taken a bunch of vials of blood and put him in the fridge, and then you would have had, you know, Charles on tap. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I see. This is this is precise. You know, I I don't think everybody that's getting coronavirus right now or has had it once or twice is at risk of full irreversible 
IgG class switching or p53 down regulation or this emerging concern about uh, T lymphocyte uh, I would assume T lymphocyte suppression it's it's not moving in to improve the properties they're moving into the cells if they're doing it to utilize them and you know then destroy them so uh, there's going to be uh, either a slow or a rapid drop in T cells for people that have this acute syndrome if it's happening um, I just I think that um, Charles was responding in a way that was concerning. My gut was just telling me, God, I wish we could look at his blood and look at the white counts. Mm, yeah. um, but, you know, he can do that anywhere. And 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 did he it, I, I, I got pretty busy in the last few days that he was getting ready to go. He's 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 left, hasn't he? Yeah, he should be. OK, I'm presuming I'm presuming he's OK. States oh no! Well, let's not dox. Let's not dox his uh, dates and times. I didn't. I just didn't know if it was a before or after. Well, so if he's I'm praying, we're um, after. And uh, okay, okay. The, um, you know, he's not as much of an irritant as Prigozhin. I haven't heard of any other plane crashes. So, um, the. But yeah, he he could go back and get a bunch of tests done just to see if there was a, a sort of indicator of yeah. what what was going on for sure. Okay, um, so extend into my curiosity about this, please, and tell me what would be the practical test if you thought, wow, there's something weird going on with my immune system. It's not bouncing back or it's doing something strange. I want to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, what is the test that you would order? You'd go to your MD. They you'd, you'd go to the phlebotomist. Well, they'd take you'd a want couple a miles. Full white blood cell panel. Okay. And I would ask for um, a cytokine panel as well. Ah, okay. Um, to see if you're having a cascade. Yeah, yeah, and the you know it's it's one of these things right where. If it's, you know, they're talking about permanence, right? So, yeah. In in this instance, what do, what do they mean by permanence? I, I'm presuming they're not meaning genomic, like HIV. Just that it's able to maintain cycles of infection within. Yes. Um, the reservoirs for the. Which is where we attack. Yeah. It's where we attack. It's just, you know, we find, uh, like Allison, you know, is finding that uh, uh, dual, it's a, it's what is it, a disulfide uh, junction in the HIV that is very, very susceptible. And it's not about blocking its ability to bind. It, 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 uh, it, it puts a monkey wrench in its ability to fold and replicate. So well, it's I a mean... beautiful approach. I love it. It's like, well, it's, yeah. Yeah, but you've you've got plenty of disulfide bonds you need for normal function. So there's there's that. Um, well, and 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 that's you know as a chemotherapy, I would take uh, if it's effective, I would take a suppression in you know all of those other counts if it meant collapsing the reproductive cycle of HIV in the body. That would be a worth because it's not there's no sustained toxicity to the body. You know, it's 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 like you stop taking the prophylaxis and uh, all those levels should resume. But that brings me back to uh, you know, please 
just be curious. Keep your curiosity peaked. And I'm not going to keep firing papers at you about therapies and expect you to become well, one of the health freedom bunch. But I can't remember who dropped it in the uh, chat, but um, Nicholas Amide seems to be a... Um, <laughs> It, it blocks the CD147 receptor. And mm. so um, it's a anti-parasitic drug again. Um, I don't know if... Uh, uh, ivermectin is going to have similar properties or not. Um, I don't know. Well, as I understand the ivermectin finben discussion, there's a thousand parasites that that we can pick up, and they cover. They're like a Venn diagram. They cover different sections of the chart, and I don't know if any of anything is is fully inclusive. Probably not. There probably isn't a single server bullet drug. Um, but I think that with the first of all ivermectin papers that I've seen that are three, four, five six years old about its interruption of HIV replication. No wonder they wanted to make fun of it and marginalize it. Mm -hmm. If it's going to take out um, a parasit a portion of your parasitic community involved in autoimmunity and cancer and potentially other things like HIV, uh, they said it, it was it was effective in in uh, suppressing HIV and dengue replication. Then yeah, I think I think uh, that means immediately shine, you know, the light of heaven into the parasitic, you know, parasitology, mm -hmm. clean the body of the bad ones and, you know, pay close attention to therapies and approaches so that you don't destroy your gut biome, which can be a long climb back if you if you, you know, screw it up the wrong way mm -hmm. um, there, you know, and, and be very sparing right now with your use of uh, of antibiotics because of that just be be very mindful of your gut biome and keep it as happy as you can mm -hmm. yeah but the problem but the problem you know me you i'm a hippie that you've got this you've got this ability of sars to um infect bacteria in phage like manner right yes that becomes a reservoir as well so it's pleomorphic mm. yeah yeah but anyway, ivermectin um, does so, have but, but uh, there, CD one forty seven. So there you go, folks. Keep ivermectin handy. Um, uh, again, um, I'm not s selling it by any means. Um, I'm, I, I agree with Nick that it's better to have uh, these tools available, and you know, at least well, if the quality is good with respect to the ivermectin, the um, you know what you're getting kind of it's a known quantity and it's generally been studied well um the uh let's see kevy boy you should get niacin guy on dimitri cats um yeah d look i'm um oh he'll about... talk your ear off about angie <laughs> He knows all of his before you ever did anything about Angie. He's the one that told me that Angie is a paperclip grandchild. Um, I was the first with Angie. <laughs> I was first. 
<laughs> Buddha man says in the chat, use code Fat Angie for ten percent at the Ivermectin online shop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Hey man, look, I've I'm been a, I... I've been adding Costco on Twitter. I'll do an Ivermectin post, and then I'll say at Costco. You know, okay, let's get let's get that five hundred tab Ivermectin tub for forty nine ninety nine, please. Come on. Yeah, I'm just like it's being a in generic... Japan, right? You know, if I was. I should yeah. say more mercantile orientated. I'd be uh, sorting um, natokinase and ivermectin, saying from the from the uh, from the hallowed hallowed soils of uh, Japan. Get the real deal. Use code Fat Angie for ten percent off. Yes. Charge triple the amount of, uh, from the Golden Temple. Right. On top of the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Oh. There'll be other people that just get it. would be so much hassle to just get that set up in Japan. That would be... Well, so some people are pack-muling it over the Canadian border, apparently. You can get a lot of it. And since they've opened up, uh, uh, you know, you can now travel mm. without getting jabbed, without getting the blow dart. Um, you, there are people that are talking about getting large shipments in Canada. Um, I probably just caused a big hassle for somebody who's, who's in the car right now with, with, uh, boxes and boxes of ivermectin, but, uh, they're, they're really, there, there's human formulation that you can get even without a prescription now in the U S from a certain number of the compounding pharmacies. And there is a weight scale. So you get, you know, number of milligrams per your weight. Um, but that's one nice thing is that it's, it's not, you know, am I getting the dog paste or the cow paste or whatever? Um, and I, I just don't think that any of the hype that went in early on had anything to do with it besides that they needed to showcase remdesivir. It was all about remdesivir and, you know, everybody pushing it and talking about it. And, you know, the, you saw the, you know, we've talked through the dollars that they made during the, uh, the atrocity. Yeah. Yeah. They did, uh, crimes against humanity, dude. All right. It's 24 in the morning. I'm going to, uh, wrap it up. I want to try and get to the, which I think is a good follow on paper, which is the reactivation of, um, endogenous retroviruses and its role in prions um because you know if there if there is this continued sustained attack against the immune system which in theory is a potential for sure um this is going to be another factor coming into play and um you know we need to learn about it i guess the more information you have, the better. All right. Um, I'll let you go, Nick. You All can right. uh, carry on about your day. and uh, I'll... Back to my chores. Okay. Um, yeah. See you, raccoons, and uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah, take it easy. Thanks, Nick. Cheers. All right, All right folks. Um, yeah, I'm going to dip out. It's getting late. Oh. Getting the sore backside. All right, let me just see if uh, anyone else has uh, contributed to the pot. Ah, you are all... Uh, you know what you are, K26R carriers. Um, um, 
<laughs> this, no, um, thank, thank you for everyone that supports the channel. It's much, much appreciated. And uh, where else do you get uh, this type of analysis? All right. Um, I'm out of here. Take care. God bless. And hopefully I'll have the energy to do uh, this endogenous. It's a new paper coming out. And it's from the same group that did... Uh, this one, we did this paper a little while ago. Highly efficient intracellular spreading of protein misfolding mediated by viral ligand receptor interactions. And if I can remind everyone, we went down and um, it was looking at a number of viruses, but also SARS-CoV-2 and found that SARS-CoV-2 spike protein was a potent, potent spreader of um prion-like cascades so i'm kind of i'm kind of looking forward to reading from uh this group um should be should be interesting until then uh take care god bless i will again yeah see you in the next one bye bye bro you don't know how angry i am you do I'm like i was just leaving for fucking work you do not understand how fucking pissed off after reading that little line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck these cappers! I will fucking kill each fucking capper! I swear! <laughs> this is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. Fuck these cappers! No fucking vaccine or MRA or ever throws through my fucking blood blood! Never! No. I will fucking die! Fucking fighting for my fucking bees and my fucking forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. All them fine. Fuck this guy. Let up. 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 Let